before we get going on this week's podcast, I want to take a moment to tell you about something exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest California high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's your number one source for California high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Lance Smith, Bodie Da Silva, and me, Connor Morissette. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette, alongside Lance Smith and Bodie Da Silva. We've reached state championship week in California high school football. We're going to break down some state bowl games from last week and then talk about the five big state championships at Saddleback College this upcoming weekend. We will be there giving you full coverage all weekend long, so stay with scorebooklive.com slash California Friday and Saturday. Lance, you saw two fantastic games on Friday, Saturday last week. I want to get to those uh before we get to the state title games how are you doing i'm great uh, it feels like just a couple months ago that it was february and we didn't know when we would have a sports of any kind let alone football in 2021 and now here we are not 10 months later and we've had two football seasons i mean i just i just can't believe we went from let them play to all right two two football seasons down uh as of a, a few days from now so I'm great, and I'm just so happy that these kids have really gotten to play this year. I'm with you. It is crazy to think about how the spring, there, <laughs> some teams got six games, a lot of them got five, but there was that little semi-season, and then snap of the finger, we're into uh, this past season. It's good to be back on that normal schedule. Bodie, how are you? We saw Modern Day Catholic with a big win over Helix. We'll, we'll talk about that. I think that was the game of the weekend down in your neck of the woods. How are things with you? Yeah, doing well. Like you guys said, just, I mean, I think this season's gone as well as anyone could have hoped. And um, here with some, some quality matchups in the, in the state championship and finally get a, a regular season across all sports. So. Yeah. I don't think in the LA city or Southern section, there was a single for football or actually in the LA city section, there was one COVID cancellation, but one out of however many playoff games there were, uh, what a difference a few months made when in the spring a lot more games were getting canceled. So uh, that was yeah. really good to see. Lance, let's start with you. Friday night, Cathedral Catholic in a basketball score beats Orange Lutheran. No one could stop Lucky Sutton. I don't know if Orange Lutheran had 15 players, if they could have stopped Lucky Sutton. That was the takeaway from the game, the obvious one. Uh, how impressive was he? Over 400 yards, all those touchdowns. I mean, it's a mystery how more colleges aren't all over that kid. 27 carries for 435 yards and six touchdowns. Another couple catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. That's 480 yards and seven touchdowns. The best performance I've ever seen on a football field by anyone who wasn't a quarterback 
I don't know. It might just be the best I've seen for, at the high school level period. And, you know, you see those numbers and you think, okay, well, it's Cathedral Catholic. They have a good O-line. They execute well. He's probably just getting a handoff and taking it all the way. And that's that. But no, every single one of those, except for maybe one or two, it was, you know, break a couple tackles, get hit by multiple guys, somehow get back to top speed. That's probably what impressed me the most from Sutton uh, from a X's and O's standpoint is his ability to take a hit and get back to top speed so fast, just ridiculous, especially for a bigger running back who's in the 6'2", 215 range. Uh, just incredible. The, the numbers don't lie. I went in the San Diego section record book. It said 436 yards was the record rushing for a San Diego uh, player in any game. So I think that's the, he's, he missed the mark by one yard. His 480 total yards might be the record. I'm not sure. And I think overall that's the record in a playoff game in San Diego history. So I wanted to do my numbers. I, I did it that night when I got home. And I wanted to do the numbers and make sure it was safe to say that was one of the best California playoff football performances by a running back of all time. And yeah, it is somewhere in that discussion uh, at the minimum. So just incredible stuff. Uh, we knew we knew going into the game it would be a high scoring one because Orange Lutheran, what do they struggle with? It's stopping the run. And but they'll put a ton of points on the board. Cathedral stops the run better than they stop the pass. Uh, I mean, I, I hate the fact that it takes away what an incredible offensive performance it was from Orange Lutheran. Uh, I mean, Logan Gonzalez, Desmond Jackson, uh, both had performances for the ages. Uh, I don't know for the ages, but extremely memorably dominant playoff performances on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Gonzalez threw for like 450 yards and five touchdowns to no interceptions. Uh, and then the, the receiving core for Orange Lutheran was on point. Jalen Lynch was the leading guy. Um, he, he had four touchdowns and I think about 150 receiving yards, just got his first, uh, first offer from Portland state. So shouts out. Uh, so anyway, just incredible offense from both sides, defensively, both teams were faced with their weak point. Um, but yeah, the numbers don't lie. And I, I'm still in shock from that. I mean, the offense was just that good. Bodie. What's the temperature like in San Diego after Sutton's performance? I'm sure everyone is really blown away uh, by that as well. I know a lot of people don't like Cathedral Catholic down there, but you got to respect that running performance. Yeah, no, he was so impressive during the spring season, and one of their assistant coaches had told me back then, like, we've had some great running backs. He's the next guy up. I, I think a lot of people think of uh, Tyler Gaffney as the one a uh, little over a decade ago and has played some minor league baseball and been with the Patriots briefly and um, had his own huge performance uh, back in the day in the state championship. So, uh, yeah, what what Lucky did, I mean, he, he really just followed up their game before against Carlsbad. He, he finished with 275 yards in, in that game, and that was one they won by 29 points. So maybe he was headed towards another uh I mean, 400 yarder, but uh, in that one, he, he broke all those long runs. So something these last couple of weeks, obviously we know they have a great offensive line and um, guys that are experienced, but it's not just the system. I mean, it, it's not like you have to play a ton of their pass. I mean, we know they're going to run the ball and, and teams still can't seem to stop it. So uh, super impressive from him and Folsom will have their work cut out. And Lance, every time the last three weeks I picked against, Orange Lutheran, it was because they couldn't stop the run, and they didn't stop the run in those previous two games before Cathedral Catholic and still won. Uh, 
against Sierra Canyon, against Alamany. They gave up a bajillion yards and overcame it. What's crazy, Orange Lutheran was in this game for a, a long time, even though they gave up all those points. When was it over? At, at what point was that game over? Not until the last few minutes. I think, I can't remember if it was another touchdown or it was an interception, but at one point, uh, Cathedral was up 71-54. to 54. And it was once <laughs> Lucky put them up 17 uh, with about three or four minutes left. That was when it was kind of over. But with the offensive night Olu was having, I, I don't think it was over until then. I mean, the fact that before that it was a 10-point game, Cathedral had the ball, it was three and a half minutes left, and it was like, okay, this is still very much a game. Uh, that's uh, that's crazy. That's 133 points. Uh, you just don't know when it's over. But I, I think that was it when they went up 71 to 54 with about three and a half left. Now they'll play Folsom in a game we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, going back to last week again, Lance, you see Long Beach Poly fall to Gardena Serra, the D3 champ, taking down the D4 champ. And really happy that Long Beach Poly won their 20th CIF Southern Section Championship, but I think we can all agree they should not have been in Division Four. So for me, that was a game that, if you want to talk about Long Beach Poly having a really, truly great season, I thought that was a game they had to win and then go on to win a, a state championship because Poly has such a rich history and... I think winning a D4 championship, while it's nice to get a championship, it just felt different than what we're used to. So credit to, to Sarah for winning that game. Uh, real defensive struggle. I, I watched some of your highlights. I saw Sincere Rainey had a great game, even though on one long run he got absolutely blown up on a big hit but bounced right back up. Uh, what are your takeaways from that game as Gardena Sarah now goes to, to play for a state title this weekend? Not a whole lot of takeaways just because it was so close and the teams are so similar. Like, not only evenly matched, but really similar strengths on both sides of the ball. Uh, Rainey had a very good game. Uh, so that sequence you're talking about, uh, somewhere in the second half, he he took a 37-yard pass, got annihilated. Annihilated. One of the hardest, loudest hits I've ever seen in person. Like you said, bounces right back up. And then they run the exact same play, this little, this little not pitch, but a, a short pass, just a few yards. Uh, to the running back, Rainey, and he again had a wide open lane and took it all the way another 30 yards or so. Um, but yeah, it, it was just two very similar teams who knew each other well, good defensive teams, speed everywhere on the field, uh, just matching up with each other tightly, playing mostly mistake-free defense. I mean, Long Beach Poly only had a couple defensive blunders the whole game, and uh, you, those were them, uh, those sincere Rainey ones. Um, and if not for that, they probably win. Um, but it was just so evenly matched that it it, it was kind of uh, whoever steps up. They're, they're very little in terms of X's and O's to take away from this one. But both teams stepped up. Uh, Pauly was down. They gave it gave it their best shot late in the game, uh, added another score, uh, eventually took a 17-14 lead. It was their only lead in the game, and that was in the fourth quarter. And then uh, Sarah had one more drive in them. Uh, so it was Rainey, it was Malik Murphy, I think Troy T.W. Crozier, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but running back uh, slash wide receiver for Sarah. He's been really clutch uh, in the playoffs, and I think he's a little underrated. Um, another guy who's been really clutch for Sarah, big fourth down in, or fourth quarter interception for the second straight game, defensive back Trey Harrison, who's a freshman, uh, does not look like a freshman out there. 
Um, so it's cool the last couple of weeks seeing Sarah not only get it done, uh, but with a lot of their next generation of talent guys, a lot of underclassmen playing well. I do think they'll take a step back next year, but they're still in good position to keep uh, just keep rising and, and uh, you know, where, where they're where they will be a couple years from now is probably even better than where they're at now. And now they have a chance at a state title, like I said, Bodie. So for you, we got Scripps Ranch into the state championship, Modern Day Catholic into the state championship, Cathedral Catholic into the state championship. Take me through the state bowl games you were at and some takeaways you had from those games. Yeah, Friday night I saw Helix at Modern Day Catholic, and I think it's probably the only case we've ever seen in the state bowls where two San Diego teams are matched up and uh, a little confusing because you have the Division One winner traveling to the Division Three winner, but I think it just goes to show how the state views modern day Catholic is their Division Three just because they haven't been as great in past years, but they clearly have the personnel to to match up, and they've shown that on the field. I mean, they, it was their uh, closest game of the year. They're still undefeated now. They hadn't won any game by less than two touchdowns, and Helix gave them a great shot. I mean, Helix, we know they're going to run the ball. Christian Washington's been doing that for years now, and uh, he carried 45 times against Lincoln in the championship game. Uh, he carried 40 times again this past week against Modern Day Catholic and still ended up with 205 yards. Um, he ended up uh, catching a 68-yard touchdown pass, so did everything he could. They just, their last drive, they were trailing three, trailing by three, and um, when they get in those third down and long, fourth down and long situations, their passing game just isn't there. Uh, quarterback Ryland Jesse, he's a sophomore. He's going to be a really good player, but they're just not at the point where um, their passing game's there. And so they, they ended up getting a pass breakup on fourth down and modern day Catholic took care of it. But for this modern day Catholic team, I mean, there's really six or seven division one receivers. I mean, they're so talented. Um, I, they got it done. I mean, they, I think they would have liked a little more offense. Helix did everything they could, but um, this this game this week against Central Catholic, I'm sure um, this is one that I expect to be very high scoring. I think both teams come in with great offenses. Uh, looks like for Central Catholic, that's more running related uh, for modern day. I think they can do it in either way. Um, they have two great running backs, but when you've got these six or seven receivers, I think their first choice would be to spread it around. So that's what I'm really excited for on Friday afternoon. Uh, on Saturday, I saw another good one. Uh, Patrick Henry, the Division Four winner in the San Diego section, hosted Birmingham. Um, obviously, the the city section open division champion, and um, Birmingham really controlled the first half. They they ran the ball in various ways. There were two quarterback sneaks for one yard touchdowns. Uh, they had Arliss Boardingham take some direct snaps and at his size and athleticism, he's tough to take down and hadn't been like anyone that Patrick Henry had gone up against this year. So he got in there twice, but uh, Birmingham led 28 seven at halftime. And then Patrick Henry put some things together. They ended up going on a 28 seven run to tie it at 35 and uh, Birmingham got that last touchdown there with five or six minutes to go. Patrick Henry, I, I, at that point, it really didn't look like you could stop their offense, and it just took one overthrow that uh, Birmingham safety Tim Jackson was in the end zone waiting for, a guy who I think he's up to seven or eight interceptions this year, and um, that was it. And and, and Birmingham, I think I, I give them credit that uh, Patrick Henry had saved all their timeouts, and on that final drive, Birmingham had a fourth down and two from their own 24, and they said, we're going to give – we're going to give the ball and, and go get this first down, even in our own territory. We don't want to give the ball back. And they got those four or five yards. It was a read option uh, with Boardingham taking the snap and he handed that off and 
And that was all, I believe, to Delamonte Barnes, and that was all they needed. So Birmingham got the first down, definitely a gutsy move. But talking to their coach after, they felt good. They had all their timeouts. He goes, look, if they score, I think we still have time to go drive down again. So credit to Birmingham. They're going to be in the state title now as well. They have to travel up to McClyman's. And um, just I think a lot of these bowl games really produced, and um, that's always your worry. You think after the section titles, are some teams not going to come out as strong? But I think these teams really came out, were prepared well, and we saw a lot of good matchups across the state. McClyman's was a team that was in our statewide top 25 for one week, and then they lost to Menlo Atherton, and that dropped them out. So I think on paper that might be a tough game for Birmingham. But I didn't know, Bodie, that they went for it from their own 24 that sums up their coach Jim Rose really well the guy (laughs) is really gutsy and if it doesn't work he'll tell you look you know I want to play that way I want to be gutsy and if it doesn't work we'll hold ourselves accountable so I've always liked his approach and he's one of those guys who the team started 0-5 and it wasn't like an 0-5 like oh you know they they stink it was an 0-5 where they probably were going to always go 0-5 and then they rattle off all these wins in a row so uh, one of the city section's great coaches. And we saw today the Chaminade head coach, Ed Croson, resigned. He was the coach at Birmingham before uh, Rose, Jim Rose, who, who's there now, and Jim Rose learned a lot from him. So I uh, wanted to congratulate Coach Croson on retiring in, the, in this podcast and, and work that in now. But uh, two great games, it, it sounds like you got to see Bodie, and that segues nicely into my game, city section. Against central section, I saw Venice, the D1 city champion, lose at home on a last-second play to Independence from Bakersfield, the Central Section Division Four champion. And I tweeted it right after the game, but it was just a really fun high school football game. It was on an NFHS network, no TV timeouts, but great fans. And the weather was, was perfect. It was chilly, but it wasn't too cold. And the, the two teams were really evenly matched. Independence was a great running team, and, and they jumped out to a 19-7 lead. And then... Venice scored to make it 19-14, and on the last drive of the game, their quarterback, Paul Kessler, he needed, they didn't have any timeouts, and he needed to drive his team down three minutes to go with no timeouts, and he got him inside the red zone a couple times. He maybe could have gone a little bit quicker, but it was a really cool learning experience because you always see in college football in the NFL, a lot of those quarterbacks, they have that stuff down, and they know how to do those two-minute drills perfectly. It was just cool to see one at a high school level that – um, without any, without having any timeouts, and just see how the kids reacted, and it ended on a game-ending uh, interception to Della Monte Moten, I believe, is the Independence Bakersfield uh, defensive back's name, and he, that was his second pick. So that was a really fun game, and now they go on to play San Marin up in Northern California in their state championship. But a really fun game to be at, so I, I was very happy to cover that one. But let's segue now into some state championship talk let's start let's just go i guess maybe by the dates of the games um so friday at four o'clock is that first game it's central catholic modern day catholic bodie you touched on it a little bit central catholic they came out of division two in the sac joaquin section and then modern day catholic out of division three in the san diego section on paper i think it's going to be close but i like modern day catholic without really following these teams closely all year, but just doing a little bit of prep, I think they have the edge just because they have a little bit more talent, but they got to be able to stop the run. Is that something that modern-day Catholic has struggled with? Just take me through that game, Bodie, what you think will happen. 
Yeah, seeing modern-day Catholic, they didn't see a ton of offenses throughout the year that could run the ball, and obviously they blew out a ton of opponents. And then last week they were uh, pressed with that going up against Helix and Christian Washington. And I think they did a pretty good job. And, and seeing Helix these last two games against Lincoln and, and modern-day Catholic, it was a case of early on they weren't getting the run going, and then head coach Robbie Owens made some great adjustments and kind of loosened some, some things up there. So I think if Central Catholic can get any kind of passing game to open things up, that'll help their run a lot. But just looking at the numbers, I mean, 63 rushing touchdowns for Central Catholic this year, and uh, 53 of those are between just two players there. So they've got one rusher at almost 1,300 yards and another closing in at 2,000. So modern day will definitely have to do that. They've got some great rushers outside, um, we'll be interested to see if that's kind of neutralized by more of a rushing attack. But really, I mean, not just on offense for modern day Catholic, but on defense, whether it's Trey Edwards or um, Chris Snyder. And I mean, everywhere on their defense, there's there's talented guys that are college players a couple of years from now. And they're almost all underclassmen. So uh, it's really looking forward to this. I, I think it's definitely high scoring. Uh, maybe like a 42-38 sort of situation, I think, something like that. Um, I would give modern-day Catholic the slight edge of just having the ability to to really have a passing game and a rushing attack, um, whereas Central Catholic looks more to be just be rushing. For sure. And then in that next game, unless Lance, are you good? Do you have anything you want to say about modern-day Catholic or Central Catholic? completely agree with Bodie's breakdown. I'm going to take Central Catholic in this one. Uh, I, so... You touched on their two running backs, Aiden Taylor, a.k.a. Ponyboy Taylor. Uh, he's been about as dominant as it gets. Um, they beat Stockton St. Mary's. They beat San Ramon Valley, who had a ton of hype coming into the season. Uh, they lost one against Bellarmine early in the season, and Bellarmine turned into a huge, huge, had a huge year. Uh, and then Central Catholic ran away with the extremely competitive Valley Oak League. So they've played, they haven't played too many world beaters, but they've played some very, very, very good teams. And with uh, Tyler Wentworth, their quarterback, like I, I just, I think their, their passing game is just battle tested enough uh, to where I think they're going to be able to open things up. I do think modern day Catholics are more talented team, but um, I, I like the pedigree from Central Catholic. Like they've a couple weeks ago, I would have said, "Nah, this isn't a good bracket for them." But I think they've, to me, they've proven that they can uh, execute their offense even against top thirty, top forty teams in the state. Awesome. But just, just had to, yeah, just had to shout out Aiden Taylor. Incredible year, and he's one of their best defensive players at linebacker. Just crazy year for him. Awesome. I wanted to ask Bodie. I have the. Winner of this game at number twenty four in my uh, way to or like before the state championships, I, I was doing some football ranking stuff and I was having them. The winner of this game at maybe twenty four in the state is that is having modern day Catholic if they win twenty four in the state too high? Would you say or do you think that's okay? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, for me, they ended the season at number three in San Diego. I would have liked to see them get a chance against Carlsbad. They're not on the level of Cathedral Catholic, but um, I know they would have liked to see Carlsbad as well. It, it doesn't work out that way. Obviously, you can't just pick and choose. But yeah, I, I think that's a fair ranking. And, and this is a team that I don't have the, the numbers on returning starters, but so many talented underclassmen returning. So this is a team that they'll definitely move up a division, whether or not they petition and try and get up to division one in san diego that's a whole other argument but i think we could see them make another run and, and be back in a similar situation next year got it thank you friday night Folsom cathedral catholic in my opinion two of the best programs in the, in the state anywhere Folsom, they seem to always get to this point cathedral catholic they're 
If they're not at this point, they're deep in the San Diego section playoffs. So it's very, very impressive what these two programs have done. I think just for me, again, as an observer from afar, these both these teams out of the coverage area, it seems to me like Folsom's turned a, a really big corner, and I think it might be a tough game for Cathedral Catholic, even though clearly they've tur- turned a corner as well. But Folsom is healthier that they – Lost to Rockland earlier in the year, and then in the playoffs they beat them by uh, three scores. So I, to me, I think this might be a bit of a tough game for Cathedral Catholic, but their run game ha- has worked really well. So, of course, if Lucky Sutton has a game like he did last week, they'll probably win. But I think Folsom's defense is great. they got some great linebackers. Uh, Tyler Tremaine, their quarterback, is now healthy after missing some time. So I think I have to pick Folsom in this game. But... Again, would it surprise me if Cathedral Catholic wins? Absolutely not. Just to me, it seems like Folsom, they started out pretty good, were pretty bad in the middle of the season, and now they're right back to where they've always been. So I I like them. How how do you see this one, Bodie? Yeah, there were very few teams in San Diego that were able to score consistently on Cathedral this year. But when you look through the schedule, it was Corona Centennial. It was De La Salle. It was obviously Orange Lutheran last week. So once they got out of the section, played some kind of teams that we know are are going to be good, that's when they struggled. And I would assume Folsom fits that same thing. So for Cathedral, they're going to have to score. I don't think that should be a problem. They've done it for much of the year, especially those games when they've been healthy. So I think we're, we're looking at another shootout here and um, it's two teams who have some history. They first played back 2014. It was at Cathedral, and that was a Folsom team that I believe ended up winning state. I think they, that was the year they beat uh, Oceanside, who was a very good representative from San Diego, and it was like 63-7 to in state. So uh, Cathedral lost that year 55-10. They played again in the same game in 2018, the D1AA state championship, and it was a great one. It was Folsom ended up winning 21-14 in overtime. So I think we're much higher scoring this time around because Cathedral's offensive really more focused than defense like they've had some great teams in the past but i see another shootout on our hands here lance what do you think yeah so i know that after the cathedral catholic bowl game uh they were talking about revenge even though none of those guys were on the varsity team in those past (laughs) ones so the history is not lost on them you like to see it uh i think i mean you hit it on the head Folsom, a lot of similarities to olu the great passing game uh, their defense is similar too, but they're stronger at the linebackers. Like you said, Justin Eklund and Josh Tremaine. Uh, I don't think that those guys are simply going to get steamrolled by Lucky Sutton the same way where Olu had guys positioned to tackle him and he just plowed them over. Um, I still think it's going to be high scoring. I think that Lucky Sutton's just going to keep doing what he does. Uh, but I think if Folsom's passing game uh, is pretty much similar to Olu's similar talent level, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even have a pick for this one, but I, I think it might even be better than the Olu Cathedral Catholic game. But yeah, that the difference in the linebackers for Folsom, I think, is where they're going to have to hang their hat uh, in order to win this one. Totally agree. Saturday, 12 o'clock, Wilcox against Scripps Ranch. Admittedly, this is a game I probably know the least about. So, Bodie, we'll go to you. Scripps Ranch, what a season they're having. What do you think this game looks like? Yeah, Scripps Ranch, these last couple of years, ever since Coach Gardner has been there, they've really turned things around and made it into one of the best public school programs in the county. And um, this year, they weren't really on my radar to start the top 10. They've 
They lost a quarterback last year. They lost a couple of key pieces in the spring season and didn't get to play all those games. And uh, they've really had a quarterback, Jax Leatherwood, who stepped in as a first-time starter, big all of 6'6", six, six, and and his numbers have just been unbelievable. I believe he's only thrown an interception in one of their 13 games now, and he's got 41 touchdowns to only two interceptions. So their offense has seemed to really be moving. Uh, I'll be interested to see if the running back, Jalen Shaw's, uh, back for this one. He dressed last week and then ended up not being able to play. It's a guy that's over nine yards per carry, but um, they've got so many guys that can catch the ball. Connor Lawler was over 200 yards receiving last week. Uh, Nigel Richard. So there's guys that, that Leatherwood can get the ball to. And um, they're, the big key for them was the return of their defensive captain um, a couple weeks ago. He was out. I believe he missed uh, several of their games early on Dylan Stoney. I think he was hurt in week three and came back in playoffs. And even though they only lost the one game during the regular season, they were given up points, which was not, uh, not the regular thing for them. And then they go on that playoff run and in three playoff games in the section, they only give up, uh, two total touchdowns and shut out La Jolla in the championship. So with him back, they've, they've really turned that corner and obviously don't know a ton about Wilcox myself, uh, being, being down here, but, um, I think this is another one where I would have to make Scripps Ranch the favorite. Um, Wilcox lost four of their first five early on, but some some good opponents on that schedule, and seems like they've kind of been playing their best football as well. So uh, Scripps, the way they're they're rolling, I wouldn't want to go against them and um, a team that I think I had them finishing eighth in the section to end the year, but that might even be low. They they've really got some talented pieces. I'm with you. I'm taking Scripps. Lance, thoughts? Yeah, I'll take scripts too. I will say this for Wilcox. They stopped the pass better than they stopped the run. It sounds like, I don't know scripts well, but it sounds like that's a good fit against them. Uh, very similar to offense, very similar offense to when we were just talking about uh, Central Catholic. They have a running back, Kamori Glenn, uh, who's having an absolute incredible all-state year. And uh, they have just enough of a passing game to keep teams honest. Um, since they since they turned the corner after losing first their uh, first four out of five, They've been a different team, uh, and it's not just because of a soft schedule, uh, but during the playoffs, they smoked Menlo School 54-20. That was a shocker. They beat Manteca 35-21, proved that they can stop the run against them. So I think think Wilcox is ready to give them their best shot, and if Scripps Ranch can't stop Kamari Glenn from running all over them, this could get out of hand for them, but I'm taking Scripps Ranch in the close one. Two other games on the slate, 4 o'clock Saturday, Liberty Bakersfield against Gardena Sarah. I think this is a mismatch for Sarah. Liberty Bakersfield's come on really strong out of the central section, and I think this might be a, a situation where it's just a bit more than Sarah can chew. Lance, I can go to you. Do you have a similar thought? I mean, I know Sarah's defense is playing really well, but Liberty beating Pittsburgh 35-7 in the state bowl game. They beat Buchanan and I think the team we all thought was going to come out of the central section by a touchdown, that really opened my eyes. I like Gardena Serra a lot, but I think I like Liberty Bakersfield a little bit more. I'll take I'll take uh, Liberty for sure. Uh, just it, not even from a mismatch standpoint, but just the level they've been playing at. I mean, you beat thirty, you beat Pittsburgh thirty-five-seven. Uh, that kind of speaks for itself. And if you're going to hold Pittsburgh to seven points and all the guys they have, especially in the passing game, but they can run it too. Uh, I, it's just hard to see where is Sarah going to have that edge that Pittsburgh didn't have. So uh, with Liberty, I mean, they're so well coached. It's kind of been the, the whole is more than the sum of the parts this year. They only have a few nationally ranked guys to point to, uh, but they've just been playing such incredible team ball that I just, 
I, I think they're playing like a top 15 or top 20 team in the state right now. And as good as Sarah has been, and I'll give them a chance, they just aren't quite at that level, even though it's not like there's any glaring holes to point to. So I'll, I'll take I'll take Liberty by about, mm, I'll take them about 30 to 21. I think that sounds fair. And then in the nightcap, maybe the biggest mismatch of them all. You hate to say it, but it's probably true. Modern day, 11-0. Steamrolled Servite in that Division One Southern Section Championship game. Only team to really give Modern Day a game. I guess that's not fair. Servite gave them a game the first time they played, but Modern Day went on to win by two scores. But the only team to really limit that Modern Day offense, I thought, this season was Corona Centennial. And I don't know if Sarah San Mateo, who Monterey is going up against, has that same type of defense, although it's very talented, that Corona Centennial does. So I, I think that's tough. Offensively, they're down. Their top receiver, Hassan Mahasin, who's committed to San Diego State, Torres ACL back in October. Sarah's been just fine without him, but I think against Monterey, you need all hands on deck. In my preview post, Lance, I picked Monterey 35, Sarah 14, but... I wouldn't be surprised if it's 35-7 or 35 nothing, and then Sarah gets a couple touchdowns at the end. This modern-day team, they maybe aren't as good as some of the ones from the years past, but they're still really, really talented, and they have an exceptional senior class and a quarterback who most of the time doesn't make mistakes and is very talented as well. I like the Monarchs big. I like the Monarchs big uh, understatement. I think... If it's less than 40 points, it'll probably be because Modern Day didn't want to run up the score. And that's not disrespect to Sarah. Incredible year for them. Their quarterback, Dominique Lampkin, is such a player. Uh, if he if he needed to be a guy who throws for 3,000 yards and runs for 1,200, he could do that. And they didn't need him to be that guy when Mahasin was there. But you look at what, what they've done without Mahasin. I mean, they, they come back and they win the section. So... I think Dominique Lampkin is ready for any challenge that comes his way. I, I expect him to turn some heads as he did when they almost beat Corona Del Mar two years ago. Uh, but I just don't think they have enough. I, I mean, Sarah is so well-rounded, but what they lack with Maha out is firepower. There's just, I, I, I'll just cut myself short here and just say modern day 49-7 and won't talk too much about how ugly I think it might get. Yeah, and looking at some of the, past games in this situation usually it's De La Salle for all those years but I think in 2019 it was a little bit closer than that but I, I think the Northern California re representative Sarah this year isn't as good as that De La Salle team and you just need to be at such a high level it's totally changed I mean we we see the just the guys that modern day gets from all these corners of the state I mean they have their running backs from Edison Stockton so like they're they're pulling from all over the place and they're really good as a result which uh, makes a lot of sense so we should get some great games this weekend I don't anticipate that one to be that great but again like they say that's why they play the game Patrick Walsh is an exceptional coach so maybe he'll have like a surprise onside kick or some crazy wrinkle that might catch modern day off but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, you just need uh, really talented players, and, and Modern Day has that in bunches. I think twenty six guys with offers, so uh, that's really tough to compete against, and, and they should win. But uh, I think from a competitive point of view, all those other games should be really great. So uh, we'll have full coverage of those, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, we'll be really well represented there with the three of us and Todd Shirtliff, our new director of photography. We'll have uh, some great photos, write-ups, highlights, the whole nine yards as football season comes to a close. So it uh, should be a really great weekend, and looking forward to that. 
I'm going to stop yammering on now. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. For Bodie De Silva and Lance Smith, I'm Connor Morissette. We will break down our all-state football team next week on this show, so uh, definitely stick around for that. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.